0: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision.
1: Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. How's this for market turnaround? Seven days ago, the markets are at all-time highs. Not the Dow, but the nasdaq's just rocket and rolling, chugging along s&p 500's positive like we're like Woohoo! what bear market what covid-19 economic shutdown and then one week later we've had pretty much the steady rain of losers today we started up 5 up 800 points up 700 up 600 up 500 oh no up 400 up oh, 300 now we're up 230 Today is weakening. Um, I'm seeing a little bit more red, whereas a couple minutes ago I saw a lot more green. Um, Am I panicked? No. I don't mind givebacks. Yesterday was a big giveback when you saw the Dow Jones Industrial Average down 1,800 points. But you know what? After the big run-up, no one panicked. I don't think, and I could be wrong, I don't think CNBC went into crisis in the stock market mode that's when you know it's a time to buy stocks Um, the indicators to buy stocks are typically when people have given up on stocks when you see a magazine cover where it's a stock market broker crying that's the time to buy stocks and that doesn't always work because remember that 1970s TV commercial ad campaign where there was an American Indian who had a tear in his eye and you're like, why are you crying? Did someone die? And they pan out and they pan out and you're like, why are you crying, Mr. Indian? Don't cry. And they pan out and they pan out and pan out. And there's America, the land of the beautiful, the land of the brave has turned into a big junk pile and it's got smoking trash just to paint the picture. So it doesn't always work out. When you see people crying, as an indicator to buy things. But when you see the stockbroker crying, it's typically a pretty good buy indicator. Or on Barron's cover, of Barron says, our stock's dead. Typically good buying indicator. So, Wall Street's starting to give back. That's a little bit of a, a crap way to go into the weekend, if I may. We're starting to see that this was... They blamed yesterday on new coronavirus cases, a second wave, and some areas like Texas that are having difficulties. Houston's having very big difficulties with COVID. Um, I don't know if it's the levels of New York City. I don't know. It's um, I've kind of tuned that out. We've had enough death that it's a big number. So, Walter well, you get a little bit spooked yesterday... And most of my friends, when I talk to them, and again, this, I don't know if they're smart. I don't know what it is, but they're most, mostly expecting a resurgence this fall. When we get back into quote-unquote flu season, or when we are back to school, or back to work, or back to football games, back to movies. Most of my friends are expecting another big second surge. And yet, on the other hand, we keep hearing stories about vaccines being rushed, it looks like we have three that are on the way to the down the final stretch. Here we go. It's COVID nineteen. American president is pulling up next to. Democracy must stand. Black Lives Matter comes up. The, like this is a crazy race right now of like what's going on in America and what like the presidential race, Black Lives Matter protests, COVID nineteen shutdown or no shutdown. I've got a friend who was on a Zoom call yesterday, and I was like it looks like you're at an airport. And he goes, I am, I am, I am. So he's texting me, he's not saying this to anyone. I'm like, you probably don't want to tell people that you're doing business with, that you're flying. Like right now, low-key is better than bragging, in my opinion, I don't know. Does that sound fair or not? It's like you have to have your mask with you, even though you'll want to go into 7-Eleven and get a quick Slurpee in and out, kind of it's hot. You have to have your mask in case you get that one guy who has the mask on and the gloves on, and he's just got like. There's a lot of peer pressure right now, and again, someone traveling. I'm like, it looks like you're. Air- Can you change your zoom angle so it doesn't look like you're in an airport? And he's going to the place where the outbreak's largest right now, Phoenix. Well, that's just I don't know. I don't know if you're with me or against me on that one, but that just seems a little bit like uh, public perception. Put a background of Mars or something. We'll feel better if you're going to Mars. I think 815, uh, uh, 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. There is a human health innovation conference coming up June 15th through the 18th. And it's going to be a lot of video conferencing stuff. But during the summertime, uh, we look at a lot of conferences that investors do. And it's, it's kind of interesting. Like Sony came out yesterday and showed us the PlayStation 5, and we're kind of getting an idea of what their lineup of games are going to be like. And holy mackerel. We get to see Zion Williams. Is it Zion Williamson or Zion Williams? Um, I don't know my basketball, but it looks incredible. So the next generation of video games, they kind of hinted are going to be more expensive to, A, make the games, so it's probably be more expensive, you to buy, probably be a bigger experience, but even the consoles themselves, they're going to price a little bit higher than we're used to. But they say like, take a look at the cell phone. It started at $200 and it went to $400 and it went to $800. Now it's at a $1,200 supercomputer phone. So we're starting to get some pricing and that's a back half of 2020 story. It's a Christmas story. It's, um, we saw one. We saw the games they're developing, so we kind of know that they're close. Now, keep in mind, when they showed the Zion Williams and demo, it was a demo. It wasn't like a whole game of five-on-five. Five. So we don't really know what it looks like in context. We know what it's capable of. Um, how excited will we get? I don't know. But it's back half of the year kind of story, as is 5G. And... When Apple recently hit an all time high, we're like, why is Apple hitting an all time high? Wasn't there, Um, is there not like this COVID thing going on? Like stores are closed? Like, just anecdotally, it makes no sense. And then you hear people like me going, well, they did introduce a cheaper phone in the quarter, quietly. And that's to get into bigger markets of like India, where the income per capita, the income per person doesn't quite give that luxury of a $1,200 phone, but maybe a $300 phone. And uh, we have started seeing some leaks on the new phone, and whether it comes out on time this year or if it's delayed by one to two months due to COVID shutting down China for the better part of the first two months this year, that was probably um, a good time for China to get the Chinese uh, uh, manufacturing kind of kick in the teeth they they shut down if you're going to shut down china who's manufacturing semiconductors and toys let's say um the good time to do it is not christmas so immediately following christmas is a great time to do it there's a lot of consumer electronics there's a lot of business electronics i get the business electronics angle but you get the idea on the consumer electronics i think right so that's one thing going for apple they just got through a christmas season where they sold a lot of their phones pre-covid. And they tend to sell a lot more in the first quarter but you get the idea. They got the product cycle out. Now we're questioning the product cycle going in the fall. Anyhow, and anyway, you're I'm Rob Black talking all things financial find me at newfocusfinancial.com that's newfocusfinancial.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or
0: KDOW.biz. We're making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220
1: KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing and more. I guess one of the things I want to leave this segment on is something along the lines of when you see a stock have a big run-up, expect a pullback and or expect to give some back. If it were as easy as you and I buying low and selling high perfectly, we'd all have islands. We'd all have big old yachts that cost $25 million. Someone called in with a stock that I would consider speculative in nature They wanted to know about the stock, but they didn't stay on long enough, so I won't talk about the particular stock. Uh, But it's a small company, and it's what I would refer to as a small-cap tech company. Um, One of the very first things I'm going to do is see how it did in COVID. Second thing I'm going to do is I'm going to see how it did in the last five years. Um, And in this particular case, it's been all over the place. I tend not to like that. In a five-year period, I'd rather see slow and steady stock growth, not home run strikeout, home run strikeout, home run strikeout. So then I get into the story of a company. And in this case, it you know has segments of information uh, services and infrastructure services. And it's a tech company. It's a cloud application. I'm like, okay, too inconsistent for me. And it's actually a company that what's pretty interesting about it is... Uh, someone called in and randomly asked about a company that my dad used to work for. When he got out of the government, when he got out of the United States army, he went to work for the government and this was a government company, pseudo government company, government contract kind of company. Um, So it's, I wouldn't even invest in the company that my dad worked at is how I'm going to finally say it. So, but too small. Here's the thing. I guess what, you know, sometimes I start segments and I don't really know where they're going to go. Try not to buy something that's just so random. There's no shame in buying a Visa, there's no shame in it. Uh, you don't have to buy Square. Now, I'm not telling you Square is wrong, I'm not saying anything like that. But you don't have to buy the next Visa. You can buy Visa. A thing that I always fear when it's down to like square or any of these payment companies like a Venmo or PayPal. There's also 10 companies that you invest in, you know, on the security side of those companies on the transaction side. um, There's a lot of technology inside those boring financial swipe companies. Um, But you don't have to like get that smarty pants. I I don't know. It's just me. (laughs) Sometimes people try to play a little too hard, and um, small caps are an area where you can hit a home run for sure. But you can also strike out, and I'd prefer you not strike out. Those are the people I hate because they become jaded with the investment world, and they they turn it into it's a game. And then by turning it into a game where it's a roller coaster, you open the door for someone who is pretty nasty, <laughs> And they play into your fear of, "Are you the stock market could go to zero again?" Well, it's never gone to zero, so don't say again. Did you see your whole life savings dash before your eyes in March? You should invest in this annuity. Don't invest in the annuity sales pitch. Just say no. I get that the idea of insuring your hard-earned money. Sounds attractive, like, hey, I want upside. I want a paycheck till the day I die with this little piece of asset. And you know like that's, that's pretty unreasonable. And I don't want it to go down when the market goes down. And that's pretty reasonable as far as the fantasy goes. But you might as well throw in, I want a gold toilet that has sensors in it. And you're saying, what do you need sensors for? Like automatic flushing? No, I want sensors in it for, like, if someone gets too close, it pops up a laser and shoots them. It could be overkill. You may not actually need that. And that's where I get, like, some people with small-cap stocks, you have to be very careful so that you kind of get into their psychology. For instance, and I've, I've done this one recently. So, if you've been listening recently, you may, like, read along with me. Starbucks is awesome, right? And you may have missed Starbucks in the 1990s because you were, how should we say, a teenager, or you were in college, or you were on your first marriage, or you were, something was happening that you were like, oh, there's hundreds of these little stores popping up, and you could buy the stock, and I, I don't have time to think about it. I just got to you know, go watch baseball. So you may have missed Starbucks. So then you come around, and you're like, uh, you kind of the and some people hate Starbucks. They just hate it. It's like, the, California is fantastic, because we have a lot of hate, even though we don't think we do. But it's kind of like our weather; it's either wet or dry, wet or dry, wet. It's not fall, winter, spring. It's nothing like that. Uh, but we have a lot of hate when it comes to, you know, some stocks like Microsoft, love it or hate it. America online, love it or hate it. Um, same thing could be said for a Starbucks. So when there's a Pete's Coffee, it's nice. It's not quite as generic looking or acting or whatever you want to say negative about Starbucks. So, okay, we invest in Pete's, and I did really well with that. Um, and I was like, I didn't own Starbucks. I still fought it because I missed it in the 90s. I was too stupid to pick it up. And then, like, whoa, they make a lot of money, and, whoa, they've expanded well, and, whoa, their stock has done great. So I missed it. So I went with their, their cheap, ugly sister named Pete's Coffee. Now, that did okay. It didn't turn into Starbucks. So there's another one that comes out called Caribou Coffee. I'm like... Okay, maybe this is the one. Maybe this is going to be the guy who, who takes out Starbucks. And Caribou Coffee, We never ever went into, it's ticker symbol is CBOU. And they've been since acquired by a big European company that wants to dominate the world through coffee. Would you like and coffee? And they have a CEO who's very similar to like a James Bond villain, but he's accumulating coffee companies. But Caribou Coffee, I thought was a great idea, but then you looked at the Lodge. And when you look at the lodge aspect of their coffee shops, it's expensive. It's not just tile on the floor, wood paneling on the wall, and coffee. It's it's pretty expensive to build those stores and to maintain them. So sometimes you're looking for the next Starbucks, and it's Starbucks. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW.
0: Your comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and Your Money
1: on AM 1220 KDOW. Thanks for listening to the show. I do seriously and truly mean that. Uh, i Some shows are better than others. I haven't taken a lot of time off since February. I've taken no time off, but I've also saved a lot of time in driving. I'm not going to be doing radio forever. I enjoy it. Um, podcasting, I enjoy. It's just at some point in time, I kind of want to slow things down. But I feel like we're doing good work right now, so we continue to go forward. Um, hopefully you're learning. I feel we got through COVID-19 pretty smoothly as far as a healthcare stock market pullback. The question for you is now that you've gone through Ebola and you've gone through COVID and I'm not saying COVID's over. I'm not, I'm not going to be naive and don't get mad at me. And I'm not going to tell you that, uh, you should be buying Joe Rogan, you know, um, vitamins. I am not pushing an agenda in any way, shape or form, or I hope not to, um, But we're working hard at this point in time, and I think I've done a pretty good job so that next time we get a pandemic or an epidemic, hopefully we've learned something, right? And part of what we've learned is to respond faster with fiscal stimulus. The Federal Reserve has done their job. I can't knock the Federal Reserve. They've done a good job of telling us, here's low-cost money. It's up to Congress and the President at this point in time to continue to Craft the right programs for us? Is it, you know, shift money from getting to Mars and NASA to healthcare? Is it funding the CDC or the WHO? I don't know. Then we also have the Black Lives Matter protest and civil arrest in the United States going on at the same time as we're coming out of COVID. So it's a little complicated right now if you're just playing the part of investor analyst. If you're playing the part of social activists, you gotta have a whole world out there. Uh, but in the stock market, we're looking at profits. We're looking at corporate growth. Um, we're looking at what do restaurants look like in the future? What do movie theaters look like in the future? And I'm going to say this is sad. And I know you're going to say that's not that sad, Rob. And I understand what pain is and what hurt is. Um, but my son said to me the other day, he goes, I think movie theaters should... Um, Put paper on the seats, and um, you know, if you go with four people, you should sit in four different corners or sit in a block. So he's trying to process all this, and that's sad to me. I know you're saying that's not sad, like Black Lives Matter sad. I know it's not that, but the distance between the way you want them to be and the way they are in life is what hurts the most. And that's that one hurts me because it's kind of like it's sad that like something as so simple as your childhood. Is getting complicated about seats in movie theaters. So I'm sensitive to it because I had a rotten childhood. Uh, my dad didn't let me be a dad or my dad didn't let me be a kid. Uh, I was under constant, constant negative criticism, which is okay. Um, it didn't kill me. Some kids get killed, right? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. The number of people applying for coronavirus mortgage bailout is shrinking. Starbucks is going to allow their baristas to wear Black Lives Matter attire after a social media backlash. Um, I think if I were to turn this very carefully into content, millennials are changing the world for the better. And I hate saying that. Um, Beyond meat, I figured it out last year. When they IPO'd, I didn't quite get it. And then it goes from 25 up to 150. And I'm like, okay, now next time it pulls back, I'm going to be interested in it. Because there is a fire there. The idea of meatless uh, meatless protein is fascinating. And millennials love the idea. And they will support the idea. And they will eat more bland food to support the idea. Because they believe in social interest. Things have to be right for them. Long story short, um, it's not necessarily how it plays out, right? Or is it? I think millennials are going to force some, some action. And I, I think that's a good thing, not a bad thing. So if it's the millennials telling Starbucks, because let's face it, who's typically barista, someone typically between 18 to 25, i.e. the millennials, right? Um it's actually moving into generation Y as well, but that's neither here nor there, but they're more socially concerned. I told you that, uh, one of the things I do is sometimes I'll give speeches to corporations. And the most interesting one was they really wanted me to talk to three different groups, the baby boomers, the uh, generation Xers and the millennials. So three different speeches, three different times a day. And I was like, do we really need to do that? Or can I just like make it a little bit more broad to cover the younger people, a little bit more broad to cover some of the older people concept. They really wanted more bullet shots. Um, because millennials have seen two major stock market corrections. And now a third one, are they more gun shy? No. The first one, they were left gun shy and they stayed in cash in their 401k. The second one, they were a little, still more gun shy. They're like, whoa, um, That's a big correction, right? So, you saw 2000, 2002, 2008, um, and then they see this one. And this is the one where they're like, we know it comes back now. We've learned a lesson. But from talking to millennials, they they want benefits. They want more time off. They want shorter work weeks. They're willing to live in a 400-square-foot apartment as long as they can get food taken out, as long as they can use public services. So it's interesting. They're a different, they're a totally different breed, and uh, psychologically, you know, the baby boomers, their parents uh, typically lived through the recession and saw very, very penny pinching, tight parents. Um, I saw parents who succeeded the white uh, collar uh, climb, so to speak, in the military, very similar to the white collar climb in the public sector, but. My dad was, you know, he wasn't really a soldier killing people. He was in Vietnam. His first tour, he was an intelligence officer. second tour, he was a tank commander. Um, but his whole career after that was mostly tied to white-collar type management positions. Um, anyway, I think I'm totally digressing on you. Talking about the, some of the changes in the generational ideas. 800-516-1220 to each calls on the air. There is not a lot of big stories out there today. I think the big story is that this is a week that we're kind of hoping ends because it's been a bad week. Yesterday was the bad, the baddest day of the bad. It was the worst of the worst if we're trying to get more grammatically in the ballpark. Um, It's funny because Monday or Tuesday and Wednesday, the stock market did really well by the big five. I I refer to the big five as the, the tech big five, the Apples, the Amazon, the Microsofts, the Googles. You'd probably throw Netflix in there on occasion. And every day they were hitting all time highs, all time highs. Every day, and the stock market was struggling. I'm like, the breadth of the market, if you remember earlier in the week, I said, the breadth of the market's awful. We only have five winners out there, the tech horsemen. They are the sign of the apocalypse. Like, they are. If Mark Zuckerberg isn't riding the horse named War, I don't know anything of what's happening in this world anymore. But it was bad breath. So I'm not surprised that as the week went on, it got worse. Um, You can't count on five stocks to carry a stock market forever. And when they do, they're market-weighted. So um, the statistic that I threw out there this week that I hope hit, and I hope you were listening to it because you are part of the 10-hour club. I know you are. Um, was that those top five companies make up 45% of the return of the NASDAQ. So if you have a NASDAQ 100 fund in your portfolio, what you really have is the big five horsemen, which I get. I get. Going into the weekend, I know you're going to turn on the TV and you're going to go, man, I wish real sports were back. Americans don't consider horse racing and or soccer real, but there's some soccer, there's some horse racing. And uh, I'm not going to get into horse racing. HBO did a special not that long ago on the horse racing industry and how many horses die, and what they're being shot up with, and how the medicine is slower to respond. Anyway, horses breaking down, like it's horrible stuff. And again, I'm not judging, but that's kind of where we're going to be on the weekend. Taking a look around at sports, and we're getting ever so closer to basketball and ever so closer to football and training camps and what does it look like and so far as we've reopened other businesses in arizona and texas covid spiked is it enough to slow us down i i don't know if that's possible at this point in time um i i think we kind of did the respectful death and and sickness stay in be very somber in march starting to get tired of it in april and then it just cracked um Anywhere I go now, I'm the only one who has a mask. Anywhere I go, I don't want to say that, but that's pretty close. So it feels that way. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Yesterday was a big sell-off day. And one of the things I like about big sell-off days is we kind of all look around and go, what the heck just happened? And yesterday was a big sell-off day for companies that were up 100%. From their bottoms. Companies like Royal Caribbean, Norwegian Cruise Lines, Carnival Cruise Lines. (coughs) Excuse me. I think I got the black lung pop. I know. Black lung COVID. Can they intertwine? Can both be funny? Black lung pop. Probably not. But yesterday was a day where like Delta United, American, Southwest, Royal Caribbean, Carnival Cruise Lines, Norwegian, where they had these crazy runs ups bounce out off their bottoms. Some people took some profits. We can keep looking, and it's good that you look, especially on the bad days and the bad weeks. You'll get some psychology taught to you. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Make sure you have a great weekend. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW
0: radio app. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW.
1: Thanks for listening to the show. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. I do wildly appreciate any time anyone comes out. Um, and listens and says, I I like this show. As long as you listen, I'll continue to do everything I can to show you ideas in investing. I got a call from Hatendra during the commercial break, and his call wasn't, it's just not that topical, it's just not that good to put people into, um, the stock, and it's so vague. He wanted to ask about the 20-plus-year treasury bonds. Um, And I would use that potential 20-year treasury bond for people in retirement for a very specific income strategy. Um, So I don't really want to bring it up too much on air. Um, It's quite dull when you're talking about buying index long-term government bonds. Um, You do look at expense ratios, and that's about it. So if you're good with that return, eh, it's, it's, it's not something I feel comfortable engaging in. I think that's the best way of saying that. Dow jumps 500 points. Now, that sounds like a good number, right? Dow fell 800 yesterday. It's all context. Dow had a buff bad week this week. So you're like, man, now you're starting to depress me about the Dow. I thought it were up 500 points. And I thought it was reason to, to party party in the usa a little miley cyrus right no no party in the usa but if you take a look at the dow yes one bad week but holy mackerel let's go back to late march if i could turn back time as my good friend Cher would say i would sell everything my children included i would buy the stock market at the bottom we've had a good run we we needed a week like this to say okay we can't make Bad news into good news and good news into good news. At some point in time, we're going to have to go sideways with this. It's interesting watching the sports leagues get back to work, isn't it? Um, baseball could have been number one. They could have had all, all of our attention. And they've got a union. And they want things to be you know, fair and safe between the players and the owners. And what's fair and safe between the owners and the players has it ever been? Well, they want the complete open books. That's like, oh boy, can't we do this for Americans and get like the, the old USA pride going again? Would I know if I was able to throw a 90 mile per hour fastball or a 95 mile per hour curveball or whatever the impressive number is, would I get back to work just to get back to work? And the answer is no. And if I had a $30 million contract that you know and I know is a lot of money. Would I say okay? It's it's okay. You don't have to pay me all that. No, I, I absolutely would say that. If my if I can throw a 95 mile per hour fastball, I'm only going to be able to throw a 95 mile per hour fastball probably for about three years. So I get going after what you think you deserve, but I also get a big opportunity was lost for good faith between the world and baseball. Yes, be careful of the coronavirus mortgage bailout. Um, that is starting to shrink now. I think probably the story within the story this week was lower interest rates, right? The Fed's saying they're going to keep rates lower longer. The Fed used to say things like, oh, we'll, we'll uh, buy back debt from companies or we'll, we'll, um, we'll issue debt to buy debt to issue more debt. And they had like tricks up their sleeves. Now where they're at is to say the word longer. That's their trick. Before they were like, we'll reassess everything as it's data dependent in the next quarter, in the next month, in the next day. Now they're saying, we're going to keep rates lower until 2022, through 2022. And you're like, really? That's a lot of visibility into low rates. So that's the story this week. Uh, real estate, in my mind, a very big winner from lower rates. Uh, I looked at the 30 year treasury. not the 30 year treasury. the 30 year mortgage is under 3% right now. It can be under 3% right now based on how much money down your income and issues pertaining to you and your particular loan. But that's insane. And if I were a young man, I'm not a young man, but if I were a young man, I'd be looking to get into a mortgage right now. If I had a child who was in his mid-20s, I would say, son, can you sing me a melody? Now, I'd say, son, these are pretty darn good rates, and I know... When you look at the economy, you're a little bit stressed with how many, how much unemployment there is. And I know when you look at your streets at night and you see protests of Black Lives Matter, I know you're probably pretty unsettled about the future of the world. But son, may I tell you this, mortgage rates are pretty darn low. And when you're 55 you're 25 now, you're going to say, Dad, that was incredibly low interest rates in my whole lifetime. I'm so glad I did that. It kept my taxes down. It kept my interest down. It got me more equity sooner. It got me into more affordable home. But here's the question. How do you feel about unemployment and how do you feel about Black Lives Matters protests in the United States? And I guess you could say the unsettled situation of the presidency going into the fall elections. A lot of people tense up with those kind of headlines. 4.66 million borrowers in the government or private sector forbearance programs right now. That's about 8.8% of all active mortgages have gone in and said, we can't really afford payments for a month or two months. Now, that number's trending lower as people either got hold of money, kind of figured out their finances, maybe renegotiated some of their leases, uh, as the whole industry kind of responded. So, forbearance rates, that's something we're going to be watching. That's something I'm going to be watching I expect some homes to come on the market this time next year as coronavirus will wreak havoc with the job market restart. But I'm not going way out on the limb here because those low interest rates make everything weird. Opportunistic, I would say. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. I'm Rob Black.
0: Where investors rule. You're listening to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW.